Yes, Father God, we are in the war, and you are with us. I thank you, Jesus, that you defeated the enemy completely when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. I, I thank you that you fan- finished and solved and satisfied his demands uh, against us that we would die. You died in our place, Lord, and we thank you for that. <clears throat> we thank you also that you are coming again. We thank you that you're coming for a harvest. In the many parables and stories that you told, how the the, the, they were sent out into the harvest. They came to get the harvest, um, store the harvest. It's all about the harvest in many ways. So, Father, I pray now that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear that we will make understanding, that we will have understanding about what you are saying to us and then go forward and do it. And, Father, we thank you for divine protection. We thank you for this beautiful month the month of the harvest, and we thank you, Lord God, that you will give strength to, you, to laborers, whether it's in the physical or in the natural or in the spiritual world, that we would reap, Lord God, even in places where we have not sown, that we will bring forth much fruit for your glory, Father. Give us your wisdom. You said he who wins souls is wise. So give us that wisdom, Father God, and help us now in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're in the month of August, mm-hmm. and uh, well, for a lot of people that in our area that have gardens and so forth, there's it's a harvest time, time of beginning harvest, of harvest, right. bringing in th- good things from the gardens, and even some of the farmers in our area have harvested certain crops, like some of the yes, wheat we, and oats. It's a process, sort of and, and things kind of come in order, you know. There's but let's go back to the stories that Jesus told about the harvest, the parable of the soil. You said there's there's the soil, there's the sower, and then there's the seed. Um, and that's kind of the three aspects of this. Now, this topic of harvest and the harvest and, and going out into the harvest and the parable of the so and so is very common. It's very, everybody thinks they got it. Yeah, we know this is what he wants us to do and preach the gospel. Yeah, yeah, go to all the nations. Yeah, we got all that stuff. But there's, there's many, many things about this harvest and about these parables that we might want to look more closely at. Um, go ahead. Well, yeah, in uh, Mark chapter 4, beginning with verse 1, and he, again, he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. Kind of a cool place to do that. Amplification. Yeah, yeah right. Mm-hmm. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. And he taught them in many things by parables. Now, we used to learn in Sunday school that a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And he said to them in his teaching, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. Can I say something about a parable before you go forward? The parables were given a twofold purpose. One was to reveal and one was to conceal. Yes. And some of these people, you know, the disciples, they wanted to know the real meaning. So he was taking them aside afterwards and giving them the the explanations for the stories and the, the analogies that he was using. But for the rest, it was there was a purpose to conceal it. And that is very, um, he said, lest they should understand. You know, so he, get, he says in one place, if you have ears to hear, hear, listen, pay attention, be spiritually uh, attuned. 
and in other places where people were, were just, you know, looking for the story and they didn't get the moral of the story, so to speak, he was just giving them the, the surface level of what he was saying and doing so. Well, he said to the disciples, just jumping down to Mark chapter 4, verse 11, he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. The mystery here is not like a um, mystery mm-hmm, novel, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it's a hidden truth. Right. He says, now the hidden truth of the kingdom of God is being revealed to you. Right. But it's being, but those to those who are outside, all things come in parables. They just think it's a story and they don't get it. He so, says to so them the it parable, has not been given yet. Yeah, right. So some, it's so that some will get it, some won't get it. The, the spiritual meaning of what uh-huh. Jesus is saying. Well, then he says in, in Matthew 12, in continuing that explanation, he says, for whoever has, to him more will be given. In other words, in, in, if you have understanding or hunger for the understanding of the word of God, you'll get more. It kind of grows. You'll get uh, line upon line, precept upon precept, revelation upon revelation. And he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has, basically he's going to lose. It's going to be taken away. If you don't use it, you lose it. And that's was the same with faith. You can hear the word of God. It can be planted like a seed in your heart and soul or whatever. But if you don't act on it and grow on it and, and work with it, it can go away. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Not every seed that germinates brings forth fruit. And so um, if we have it, we need to take care of it. Well, yeah. Well, he's <coughs> talking about here, he says, listen, um, verse 3 of Mark chapter 4. Again, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow and went out to plant seed. Mm-hmm. And it happened as he sowed, as he was planting the seed, some seed fell by the wayside mm-hmm. and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But then when the sun was up, it was scorched be it because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up and increased and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So he's saying basically the the seed that's sown, he says, the sower sows the word, down in verse 14. Mm-hmm. So the seed is the is the word of God. And then he talks about the different uh, responses that to there that. Uh, are to the word of God. So he's giving this parable to give an explanation, a broad generalization of explain, explaining why there are such a variety of responses to and productivity in and fruitfulness coming from the kingdom of God. The word of God is the word of God. The seed is the seed. This in the seed is the life, the germination of and, and the ability of that seed when it comes in contact with the right environment, whether it's soil and water, whatever, and sunshine, to open up, to come to life. And so the word of God brings forth life, but it has it, it is in itself, if it's not planted in a place where it can receive what it needs, that the, the moisture and the soil, the ingredients it needs to bring forth that life, it, it falls on, on, you know, on the stony path. It will bring forth nothing. And, and you think if this, this guy is sowing, okay, is he just kind of a sloppy sower? Well, because he, he's sowing, okay, you'd, you'd think you'd want to get all that seed in one row <laughs> uh, on the best 
soil, mm-hmm. but then some of it gets on the in the rocks, and yeah. some of it gets among the thorns, some of it gets on the road. I was thinking about this just this morning. It's like we don't know many times what what kind of ground we're sowing on. Mm-hmm. It might seem like it's rocky ground, thorny ground, uh, like it's on the road, but mm-hmm. it could be good soil. You never know. You, you never you know. You just never know. So it says uh, in, in the Old Testament, there's a scripture that says you know, we're to sow beside all waters. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he says in the morning sow your seed. You don't know. Uh, in, I think it's in Ecclesiastes. I didn't. I don't have the exact verse, but you know, you sow your seed. You don't know what it's going to produce. Yeah, and exactly. And when it's going to produce. Well, and it's interesting that the sower in this story is the Lord Himself. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously He uses us to preach the word and and bring the word here and there. But it is Him who directs the sowing of this. Of and so God is generous. And he's 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 abundant. He he wants the word. He's not worried about wasting the seed. He any place, every place, all places are worthy of the opportunity to hear the word of God. Whether they're yes. these people are buried in some foreign far, far uh, away place, or you know in some dish or ditch or alley, he he's generous in the spreading of the word. He's he's yes. almost to the point of being wasteful in our mm-hmm. book, but not his. But the seed, the, the word of God, without the you know the elements it needs, just as seed fall, it, it's in it's vulnerable because the seed can also be eaten up by the birds, uh, yeah. and the and they and that's the end of it when the seed gets eaten by the bird by the devil, and it's that's gone. what he actually says. It's very interesting. Can I just say that part? Well, you're kind of there. <laughs> he says, well, he says, and whoever verse nineteen of Matthew thirteen, he says. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one, which is he calls the, comes and snatches away the word out yeah. of his heart. In Mark chapter this four, is verse he 15, who received the word. Yeah, it says Satan. Right. It says, and then, and then in Luke he calls him the devil. So it's it's the evil one, the wicked one, and and Satan that comes. He is the the snatcher of the word of God. He does not want. Satan knows that that word of God, is, it has life in it. And when it falls into a heart, it can bring forth life. It can bring forth hope and, and, and regeneration. And so Satan is working everywhere he can to snatch the word of God. And then I think also to sow counterfeit seeds so that people eat those up and they become, it becomes worthless to them. But so he's really talking about the snatcher. So one of the elements of this parable is that there is a real war going on, a real conspiracy going on to snatch the seeds uh, out of the hearts, out of the out of the path where where that person would be able to receive it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and another thing too here regarding the um, there's so there's people where it's just like it's just almost like talking to a wall. I mean, some mm-hmm. people the enemy just well that grabs the, it. They're distracted. They're just pulled away not ready to re- they're not prepared their soil is not prepared yeah you know we could go in our garden in the, in the spring and be lazy and just say oh look at all these clods look at all this leftover weeds and, so and seeds and garbage from last year but let's just dig the row and plant the seeds we won't right. till the ground we won't rake it we won't clean it we won't and, and you can do that and sometimes that's all you can do like when you're in a hit and run kind of planting um but for the most part, you know, the more the soil is prepared, the more the heart is ready, 
the more the chances are that that seed will find good ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another thing with the uh, stony ground, the there's some places I know that <laughs> we have some friends that are uh, up way up north, and their ground is basically all rock. Mm-hmm. Their 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 land is just basically no, rock with rock no soil. and trees, mm-hmm. but they had to bring in soil, mm-hmm. bring in soil and compost, and they're they're producing gardens. But the soil by itself is too rocky; it would not stuff would not grow up here, but up there. But they said um, the people that hear the word of God, they they say, "Oh yeah, this is good. This is great." We just think, "Wow, yeah, we." Well, we we want to love Jesus. We want to follow Jesus. And we've seen this in our lives many I, times. People that are so start out to be so excited about the Lord, they don't have any root in themselves. Well, and after a while, they just basically they're gone. Well, they, they, go, they go on a feeling. It's a wonderful, exhilarating feeling. The, 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 the Lord, mm-hmm. the anointing, the presence, the excitement, the new thing. And it's their, their, their life in God is based on that feeling and when that feeling goes away or wanes or it leaves or there's something other that takes its place or it's a bad day or there's a series of bad days they don't know how to sustain the the seed because they were there was all that was sustaining it was an emotion and so they when the emotion goes away or the emotion switches to something difficult then they walk away from that seed and it's not nurtured yeah and and they so they have no root in themselves it's like and a lot of people are like that too. They are just—they're just very shallow. They're—they're they're basically living on the very surface of their lives. They have no idea. I mean, they're—they're they're serving their natural carnal appetites. They have no concept, uh, or they're—they're uh, they're drugged, they're fogged, they're disconnected, disassociated. And this Satan has done this. They're so programmed by the ways of the enemy, the ways of the world, the body of death operating system, that they don't even have the wherewithal within themselves at that point to receive that word to do for it to do any good in them. Yeah, they, they, have, they, they just, they're, they're weak and shallow. And so therefore the seed is, it springs up because it's easy because it's fun, but there's no discipleship that follows. There's no tending of the seed. There's no one there to tend the seed. And that's really the sad part about many people get saved. And then like even as children, they get saved uh, they've made a little commitment at seven or five or whatever it is to the Lord, but then they get swallowed up in the, the wickedness of their, their world, their lives, that they're raised by parents who are hostile and all kinds of other things. And that, that's at many points and just very tragic. And I just say this with this, maybe it's on or off the subject, but a lot of times when little, when, when Satan most attacks, he's first of all attacks when we're the most vulnerable. That's when we're young in the womb, just born. Uh, little six, seven, five, whatever years old. And a lot of times kids are sexually abused at that point, about the age of between five and seven, where they become more conscious of who they are. Um, Before that, they may be sexually abused, but they're not really conscious of who they are or what's being done. But at that point, they have some sense of bad, right, good, not good, you know, all of these. So they're able to make some sort of an agreement or a decision. And when they're sexually abused and it's, hidden, concealed, no one deals with it, they, they're afraid to talk about it, they feel ashamed. They go with their initial experience and the feelings that were generated there. And so what happens is if they, if it was good, it, was a, it, was, it seemed to be positive, uh, pleasant, someone was igno- acknowledging them, they're being sexually abused, but 
it, it felt good, somebody cared about me, whatever. Then they start to um, lock into that as being what they believe. And so their foundations, as we're talking about, the, they, their foundations, they have no root in themselves because they're being already programmed at a very tiny age to believe lies. And then they just continue to believe those lies. They just believe that that's who they are. That's what they, that's what they decided to do. That's what happened to them, whatever. And so they build off of a false foundation out of a, off of a lie, off of an, ac- uh, an abuse or an accusation. And then they just, they become more and more trapped. So they have no foundation. So the salvation then kind of loses its power. Uh, the word loses its power to transform them because they have to, we have to, when we get saved, that word has to transform us at the very root of who we are. Yeah, and, and what Jesus is saying here too, uh, kind of another level of what you're talking about, he says, verse 17 of Mark 4, afterward when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, they immediately stumble. In other mm-hmm, words, mm-hmm. if some, you know, they all, you know, they receive Jesus, that, oh, you, you got religion now, or you one of those Jesus freaks, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. you know you get you get picked on a little bit. Your family thinks, or when the temptation comes, yeah, yeah. you think your family thinks you've gone off the rails and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and mm-hmm. you just kind of you just kind of wither up and 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 never really go well, with the reason, what the Lord has. The reason for you. is is because when you were little, you did not get established in who you are, because you're you we are all established in this world by what we do, not by who we are. And so when you're behaving or being or somebody's sinning against you, let's just put it that way, especially when you're little, they're sinning against you. You make decisions or conclusions based on that event, that experience. I must be bad. I must be, you know, it must be who I am. It was my fault, whatever, uh, whether it's that way and you or the other ways or I like this and I have to, this is who I am. So they don't, they're, they're being already their foundations are not able to sustain because they've already believed lies. Um, about who they are. So when the persecution comes and the temptation to follow up or continue to build on that false foundation, like pursuing a, a, a lust, perversion, uh, whatever, rage, anger, bitterness, whatever you're, you're built to pursue, we begin to build on that foundation um, and, and, be, and, the temp- and fall into the temptations. That's how we build on those r- false foundations, by, by heeding, giving place to be enticed by those temptations. And so basically when the word of God comes to somebody that's gone through that sort of thing, they can eagerly em- embrace that. But, you know, what they've got in themselves. They're still the it, roots of lies. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, they have they don't have that they have that root in Christ, so their their root, their little fragile root is in those experiences and in those lies. And mm-hmm. so the yeah. Lord Wants to you know get those uh, get them rooted and Deliver, grounded in, in, Christ, in the Lord yeah. and mm-hmm. set them free. And mm-hmm. here's another thing that happens that we see a lot of in our day. Jesus explained about the seed that's sown among the thorns are the ones who hear the word. They hear the word. Mm-hmm. They really hear it and they they hear it and they get it. However, what happens? It says, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, mm-hmm. and the desires for honor. Other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Now, this is here. Here's one of the things where a lot of believers just get choked out because life is so hard, right? So we've got all kinds of things where we're just trying to survive, and the distractions come, 
through discouragement, care, disappointment, the cares of life. Mm-hmm. Okay, lies, you know, you mean, lies, you lies, all lies. The thing you know, paying the bills or whatever. It well, is. disappointments with God and get pa- prayers that don't get answered. Deceitfulness of riches. Trying get, to get ahead, yeah. trying to make a living. Desires for other things. Mm-hmm. Desires for other things. So there's an affection in your heart that's not for God. But it's like the real, you know, it's really challenging. Even when you have good soil and we plant our seeds on good soil, we have very good soil in our garden Mm -hmm. and we we till it. We take away all the weeds. We give the little seed a head start. It's a good seed. We put it in there, give it a little extra mulch, fertilizer, whatever. And even though it's good soil, if and, we and good seed and good seed, if we do not continually disciple that seed by protecting it from the weeds that are springing up all around it, if we neglect it and the cares of this world drag us into some other activity, and we don't get back to our garden and we don't take care of the garden, uh, you know what? The 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 seed, the onion, the the potato, they get swallowed up by the mm-hmm. cares of this world, by the by their by their neighbors, by their surrounding weeds. And and so it's even so even when you're diligent to have that seed planted on good soil, which is the next category, you there's still a persistent, everyday, diligent attention has to be paid to the word of God that's growing inside of you. The the, the word of God that's growing inside of you, which is the tree of, you know, uh, good fruit that Jesus said either make the tree good and it's fruit good or else make the tree bad and it's fruit bad. You can't have a, a, a good tree that brings forth bad fruit. You can't have a bad tree that brings forth good fruit. It just doesn't exist. Salt and, and, and pure fresh water don't come out of the same fountain. And so it's really a matter of, you know, attending to, is this the most important part of your life? The seed of God, the word of God, the purposes of God, the eternal destiny. The Is that the most prioritized important thing in your life is everything else decided on that priority of what we know you know the cares of this world the bills the the sicknesses the disappointments the unanswered prayers are they all relegated or subjected to the first the first deal the first uh desire and that is that we we follow god and be fruitful matthew six thirty three. It says, uh, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. So we see these things as hindrances. You know, another thing I got to do, another thing that didn't work. You know, we're always being ripped off. There's no justice, blah, 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 blah. God never answers my prayers. And we see them all like that rather than seeing that we see them as problems. These things that happen in our world instead of opportunities. We do not see them as an opportunity for the God to do the impossible. We mm-hmm. don't see them as an opportunity for God to show himself faithful. Why is it that we have such a, such a problem with God? We have a problem with God because we don't see God for who he really is. As he's good, he's for us, he wants the seed to grow, he wants us to be awesome, he wants us to be 100% fruitful, he wants to be completely successful in him, he wants all these things for us. But we don't see him as that. We see him as an adversary. A lot of times we see God is the one who's teaching us a lesson, testing us, you know, testing our faith, um, you know, just putting all the, letting, putting, letting, whatever, all these bad things happen to us to see how we're going to do. That's, that's the absolute opposite way we need to look at our, our situation. If you're in a tough situation right now, if you're standing in a, in a place where God has put you as a light and it doesn't look like there's any other lights nearby, and you're saying, well, how did, what did I do to deserve this? And this is the wilderness. And why, you know, it must be my fault. I should have 
made a different turn. I should have did this and said, and the devil starts beating you up into in your mind. You're 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 listening to the, the the counsel of the evil one instead of saying, you know what, God is a plan. God is a purpose. God doesn't make mistakes. I'm here. You know, John the Baptist put in the wilderness preaching the gospel, the light. He was. He wasn't looking at up for other people to endorse his ministry or give him, you know, even believe him. He was just there to tell the truth and prepare the way for the Lord and baptize Jesus. And then he was off the scene. But the thing is, you know, we have to look at our life as God also having a purpose for your life, God directing you and taking advantage. Take if it's an impossible situation, it's terrifying, it's horrible, it's a you feel alone, abandoned, you be, feel even betrayed by God. It is opportunity to rebuke that, resist that, and say, you know what, God, this situation I'm in, you know, you say, well, it's your fault because you did this and that, you made a bad choice. I don't believe that that's very accurate most of the time. I really believe what's happening is God has permitted the enemy to push, push, push him, God, to the point where Satan is saying, ha, ha, you cannot keep that one. They're going to cave, give up on you. Ha, ha. They're going to come to me for help and I will be their savior. That's what's going on in the conversation between God and Satan. But the thing is, if you say, nope, I'm voting for God. It doesn't look good. I don't know what he's doing. I have no idea what he's doing right now. It doesn't even make sense. Logical, but I'm going to believe God. That's what you call taking care of the garden, taking care of the crop. Continuing because... to recognize the plant as opposed to the weed. You're not going to give place to the weeds. Right, right. I can let the weeds have it because there are more of them. And, and you realize that, you know, there's always, there's pests, there's worms, there's... Oh, bugs. Bugs that, that come. And Viruses. There, and there's yeah. drought that comes, or then you get too, or too much rain that comes. And so you, you... It's kind of a battle. It really is a battle. And we are in a battle. We are in a war. And all these things that are coming against us to distract us, to yeah. defile us... Uh, to try to you know bring disease to take away, take away our, our spiritual harvest. health and so mm-hmm. so basically what a what a what a farmer does what a gardener does is that you use certain things methods you know certain methods of wisdom you need wisdom to be a gardener preventing yep. these things to come or when they do come know what to do know what to do yep. and same thing with us we. Guarding the seed and the plant that it's coming, that the life that's coming out of that seed. Guarding your life. That is your most precious treasure is what the word of God is doing in you. And people don't even read the word for the most part. Well, I can't read it. You know, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's so condemning, blah, 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 blah. The word of God, you read it. It's your life. You know, not every, listen, not every shoe in the shoe store fits you or belongs to you or needs to be on your foot. Not every scripture in that Bible is meant for you to wear. Some of them are things he was telling us about what other people did and learn from them. And so you, when you read the word, read it with, you know, with the truth. Let, let the Holy Spirit interpret it to you, not the devil who says, well, look at you did that. And God's mad at you. And you, he's still mad at you. Look at all what, da, da, da. And look what you just opened your Bible up to. And you're in God's mad at you. Just tell the devil to shut up. And say, Lord, I need your help. You're the one. Holy Spirit, show me what this means. Holy Spirit is like the gardener. He's the one who brings the, the fruit to harvest. Yeah, what happens is that you know, the thing is there. there is a harvest God wants to bring in us. Mm-hmm. You know, and 
And the word, there's a harvest of, of what righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's yes. a ki- kingdom harvest. Fruits of the so, Spirit. So, and there's, there's blessing. We have to remember that when we seek first the kingdom of God, there's, there's blessing that God wants to bring to us. He wants to bring us encouragement. And, yeah. and, and encouragement to others. And, and we, we won't get into it in this session, but probably in the next time, about the people around us. The people around us are the harvest, and we're called to be the harvesters. Right. But we also, it's not just, we're called to be the planters. There's three different parts of it. And the Bible talks about, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So, so maybe you're called today to plant seed in somebody's life. Maybe you're called today through your prayers and so forth and through your love to water seed mm-hmm. that's in other people's lives. So, and that means like we're, tending we're, to them, encouraging we're sowing, them, right? Mm-hmm. We're planting the word. We're planting a smile. We're planting an act Hope. of kindness. Mm-hmm. We're planting when we're when we're praying for wisdom. someone, mm-hmm. words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and so forth, words of prophetic words. We're planting seed. And uh, we want nurturing the we, seed. We want to have good ground, mm-hmm. and we don't know some people that, you know, we look at outward appearance of somebody and think, well, that one boy, I don't think they're very much interested, mm-hmm. but they might turn out to be the most powerful ones for the kingdom of God that that we know of, and um, and also then some that seem to be so ripe and so eager and so willing to listen, they're the ones that might fizzle out. So you don't know. So we sow the seed as we have opportunity, as you have opportunity to uh, do good, do it to all all people. Um, so this, it, so this parable, as you're saying, sometimes we are planters, sometimes we are encouragers. We come along, we water, we give a word of encouragement, whatever. Um, <clears throat> sometimes we get to harvest, we get to lead them to Jesus. But in all of these activities whether we're planting, watering, or harvesting, we're working together with the Lord because he is the Lord of the harvest. He, he is. is the one who's bringing, wants this harvest to be brought forth. He's using us. We are not only the harvest he's looking for, but we're also part of bringing in the harvest. It's kind of a weird thing. We are part of the harvest because we have been um, you know, brought to the kingdom for, you know, for him. We're in the harvest. We, we are the harvest. We're the harvesters working together with the Lord of the harvest. So, in all of these things, we have multiple uh, positions and roles to play. It's just like Jesus; he was he was the, he was the good shepherd, but he was also the Lamb of God. And even so, you know, he had two different positions to play as the good shepherd, but also he was coming as the sacrificed Lamb. We have different positions to play in this thing. We we're part of the harvest. We are the harvest. We're part of what God has done, and and then we're also called to work with him in this harvest. So Father God, what a position, what a call, what a divine, important, amazing opportunity we have to live in this world, even though this world is full of darkness, Lord God. That is not our problem. Our problem is, that's your problem. Our our desire is to know your will and to walk in your will and to follow you, actually just to follow you and your spirit will lead us into all truth and victory. So Lord, I pray today that we wouldn't make it so complicated that we would just be and abide and you would lead us by your spirit and we will follow you. Amen. Amen. Hey, and check us out at liferecovery.com. There's so many opportunities to 
find things there. You can also make an appointment there uh, to do some counseling with Life Recovery uh, and just set up your appointment right there on the front page. Also, just to make note, we are going to be in the Hastings area near Minneapolis, Minnesota in uh, on a- August 18th and 19th for a Friday night, Saturday conference on understanding spiritual warfare and how uh, deliverance can change your life. So God bless you guys and be encouraged. By the way, that same uh, conference that we're going to be doing is also available uh, to be purchased online as an MP3, Understanding Spiritual Warfare and How um, Deliverance Can Change Your Life. God bless. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your 